today I, um, I'll be starting a new series that will uh, go over the next three weeks that's entitled Baggage. That's entitled Baggage. Um, and today, the subject that I want to talk about is check your baggage. Check your baggage. If you're here today and you say, well, I don't have any baggage, that's a pretty good indication that you have some baggage. Because <laughs> we all do, starting with me. So let's jump right in. I don't know if you enjoy the travel process. Um, my wife loves to fly. Me, not so much. I'd rather, I'd rather take a road trip. And I'd rather drive um, all the way to, to Europe if I could. <laughs> I don't like airplanes too much. Um, I don't enjoy the, tra the travel process, getting to the airports and not knowing if there's going to be a long security line. Um, you know, some, some just go along with it and will say it's, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. Uh, but some of us are like, it's about the destination. Let's just get there, right? Yeah. Forget the journey. Um, personally, like I said, I'll spend hours and hours and hours driving um, because I can stop at any Bucky's that I want. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can take a break whenever you want. And, and um, over an airport, over an airport. And, and the baggage aspect of it can be especially frustrating. Baggage, even, when, even on a road trip. Some of us have vehicles, uh, families of four, and a vehicle that seats seven just because you need the extra luggage space. Baggage can be frustrating depending on how much baggage that you are traveling with. It can impact a lot of things. Sometimes it's difficult to move around. You've all, we've all been there walking into a hotel and you're carrying five bags just to get in. Some of us have fallen just because we're, we're trying to carry too much. And isn't it something that, that at the end of the trip, for example, when you fly, you have to go to the carousel, and, and you just want to get home, or you want to get to the destination, wherever you're going, and you have to wait on that carousel and just hope that your bag's made it. And to avoid checking in baggage, to avoid checking in at the counter, some will try to carry it on. And I don't know if you've, if you've been in one of those awkward situations where the flight attendant tells you, sir, that's not going to fit. Yeah, and you're like, yes, it's going to fit. And you're, you're trying to do everything that you can um, because you just don't want to check the baggage. Some will try to carry it on, and you see them struggling through the airport. You see them th struggle through those small aisles. You see them struggling trying to fit in the overhead bin just to avoid the baggage claim process because that could be a nightmare. Some would rather carry it around and go from place to place, from through security to the restaurant, wherever you're going, be slowed down, be inconvenienced for the sake of avoiding to leave it there at the check-in counter. And can I tell you that that's so true of life? Some of us don't want to claim the baggage that is there. So what do we do? We learn to live with it and we carry it around and the reality is I'll say it again is that we all have baggage every single one of us at some place in life 
were done something to, were, were, something was said to us, someone hurt us, someone spoke ill into our lives, and it hurt. And it scarred you, and it scarred me. It, it hurt, it affected us, and, and we, but we looked at the situation and we're trying to handle it on our own. So we're willing, so instead of claiming, checking the baggage, what we do is we're willing to carry it around. And before when we could walk light and free, we find ourselves compensating for it. And you move a little slower because of the baggage that you're carrying around. We never claimed it, we never checked it, we never acknowledged that it was there, and because of it, there's some open wounds in our lives. Because we can be carrying around things that happened, words that were said, and all of that, I'll repeat, we learn to compensate. Not enjoying the journey, we're just making it through life. Because there's a difference between living and there's a difference between existing. Just going through life, not really enjoying the journey, not really, yeah, you smile on the outside, but you're hurting on the inside because we haven't claimed the baggage. So the question that stands out to me is how did we end up with this baggage? And I want to quickly point out five important things that are important to this process. And I want to ask the question as we dive in, that you would ask the question and answer it in the privacy of your own heart. What am I carrying around that shouldn't be part of the trip? What am I carrying around on the inside that shouldn't be part of the trip? What issue, what problem, what challenge, what past failure, what past mistake, what past experience can I tell you as a church, let's make a decision once and for all to claim the baggage. Let's acknowledge that it's there and let's heal together in Jesus' name. So the first thing is this, unfulfilled expectations. How did I end up with this? Well, unfulfilled expectations. I thought it was going to be this way but it ended up being another way. I had an illusion of what things would look like. I had my mind made up of what it could turn out to be, but it really went another way. And, and because of that, many of us are dealing with anger deep down on the inside. That is the, the true basis of anger is when you were expecting something and it didn't go your way. I'll never forget the story of a young man, and I won't mention his name, but... Um, because he may watch it someday, he opened a bag of Cheetos and he immediately became upset. And when he, they asked him why he was upset, he goes, I thought there was going to be more than that. And now while that's on the very superficial level, you can experience something. Maybe it's a relationship that has gone wrong. Or maybe it's, it's a health issue that, that hasn't been what you have expected it to be. It is the baggage of disappointment. And we're constantly living in this state. Just constantly disappointed with everything that comes our way. We can't find the good in anything. But always quick to point out what is wrong. Proverbs 13.12 tells us this, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that may be some of us here today that our hearts are sick because we had this hope 
and it never occurred. We had this expectation, and it never lived up to be the to be what we wanted it to be, and it has placed a damper on our lives, that, that hope that has just kind of slipped from our grasp. The second reason that we end up with a load that shouldn't be part of our trip is this. It's untreated pain. Untreated pain. The culprit of untreated pain is this, that we were all trained to smile anyway. I've said it before, how many times have we had an argument in the parking lot with our spouse, our significant other, and you walk in and, and it completely changes. We're all trained to smile anyway, and we learn to tuck things away. We learn to tuck things away because if you can't see it, you don't know that it's there. I know that it's there, but you can't see it. One of my favorite Shirts is a, is a button-up that I've owned for years, and um, I, I can't wear it untucked anymore because it has a huge bleach stain. So the only, the only chance that I get to wear that is when I tuck that in. If you ever see me wearing a shirt tucked in over here, you'll know that's the one. You'll know that's the one. But what I want to tell you is that you wouldn't know if I hadn't told you that. Because I can easily tuck it into my pants and I hide it and it's not visible to your eye. What are we tucking away today? What are you tucking away today that you just hide? Because we didn't give it the attention that it needed. Jeremiah wrote this in Jeremiah 6, 14. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say when there is no peace. Peace, peace, they say when there is no peace. We've learned the dreadful art of tucking away. Kind of like when people are coming to your house and just throw everything in one room. Just don't go into that particular, just don't go into that particular area in my life and you're okay. Just don't go to that one experience when I was 10 years old. Just don't go to that one thing that happened when I was 20 years old. Just don't go into that one area. You can see everything else, but just don't walk into this one area. Lord, help us. The third thing is this, unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays, and what this means is that we don't deal with it quickly enough. Because I'm going to tell you, stuff is going to happen. The Bible says that, life's, that man's life is short and full of trouble. Jesus said, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. And just as I have overcome, you will overcome also. So I have a promise to overcome, but what do I do when it seems to be too much? Because stuff is going to happen. People will hurt us. People will deceive us. People will lie on us. But what do we do when this happens? So, yes, the, the thing is that we may deal with it, but we don't deal with it soon enough. And, and it's what's, what's called delayed repair. I'll get around to it, and I'll take care of it when I have time, or when I'm good and ready, or when I feel like it. We just put it off. 
and watch what Paul tells the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4. He tells us of the power of things uh, that are not dealt with soon enough. He says, in your anger, do not sin. He's saying you're going to have situations in life that make you angry. But it's important that when you get angry that you do not sin. Things are going to happen. Sometimes things are not going to go our way and we're going to get angry. It's going to happen. But when we don't, the Bible tells us to not let the sun go down on our anger. That we should seek to remedy it. That we should seek to make it right. That we should seek to give it the attention that it needs. Because when we don't, there's danger in it. Because we give, we leave a crack open and we give a foothold. To the enemy. How many times have we given a foothold to the enemy? Because I'd rather just not deal with it. And we feel like if we don't talk about it, maybe it'll just disappear in the morning. Some of us have baggage from unresolved yesterdays. Are you with me this morning? Fourth thing is this. An unhealthy view of self. I think this is one that I see predominantly. In, in my years of ministry, what I have seen people struggle with, what I have struggled with, is because nobody knows my shortcomings like I know them. And no one knows my disappointments like I know them. And nobody knows what's going on in your life the way you know that. But an unhealthy view of self, it could be what people have spoken to us or in us, or about us. It could have been our parents. It could have been grandparents. It could have been uncles, aunts. It could have been brothers, sisters. It could have been friends. Or it could have been people at school that are just plain mean. What they have told us of ourselves, we have adopted that. And we have taken on that identity. It's what we think of ourselves. And can I tell you this morning that if we walk around with the only assessment that we are believing is a negative one, then you're definitely walking around with some baggage. If the only assessment that we walk around with today is believing something negative of ourselves constantly, you're definitely walking around with some baggage. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 tells us this. Let's just look at the latter part of the verse. This is out of the message translation. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. We can't do anything for ourselves. It is what he does for us and not by what we are and what we do for him. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We are the apple of his eye. He calls us more than conquerors through him who loved us. David said, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you should visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion. He's talking about you over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beast of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. The accurate view of who we are is to see ourselves the way God sees us. 
And if we are going to just see ourselves the way we see ourselves, we'll constantly walk around with baggage. The last thing is this. You may be walking around with some baggage if there is unrepented sin in your life. Unrepented sin in our life. I'm not talking about confessing because the Bible says that 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that he is faithful and just. That if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I'm not talking about unconfessing. I'm not talking about unforgiven sin. Because he is, he does forgive. But a, a ton of us, could it be that we have baggage in our lives because we confessed he does forgive, but we never repented. The translation of repentance is, if I'm headed this direction, I'm going to turn and go this direction. And the truth is that there could be something that I'm doing on my phone that I have asked God for forgiveness but I never change the habit. We never repented and we never changed direction. And we, we, we said, God, would you please forgive me of this? But yet I never put anything into place to be able to change the outcome. The definition of insanity you know it, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Some habits that are the same. Same choices, same decisions, never made a life change. Never said, you know what, I really got to get away from this. I really got to do things differently. And there's just unrepented sin in our Psalms 32, 3 and 4 says this, when I kept silent, this is what David said, my bones wasted away. Unrepented sin will eat away at us. And I love you enough. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to condemn. I, that's, that's not, I'm here to say, you know what, if there's something in our lives, can we just acknowledge it, deal with it so I can live my best life that he died for me to live? That's, that's all, that's what I want for you. This morning, that if there is, un, that my bones, and some of us are in this place today and your bones are just wasting away. And I want to tell you that he loves you too much to let you keep on living that way. He loves you too much that he sees you in your pain and in your disappointment and in your frustration. And he's saying, ah, you can repent from that. My bones wasted away and then says, through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped. As in the heat of summer. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? That you never took the steps to walk out of the mess. And all the junk that's in our lives that God wants to sit 
us free from. I'll say that one more time. There's junk in our lives that God wants to set us free from. So how do we do? How do we deal with this? Got to check your baggage. It's a great feeling when you go, if you're going to have to travel, to go to the ticket counter, and when they, they take it from you, and they say, we got it from here. All you have to do is just worry about getting it when you get there. You don't have to carry it on. No, you just have to, you can move freely, not worrying about overhead space, nothing like that, because you've checked your baggage. Can I tell you, don't carry your baggage. So one spiritual truth that I want to share with you this morning that can change your life is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. Paul says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So we have to understand that while there are worldly problems, we cannot fix them with a worldly solution. You cannot fix it in your own strength. You cannot fix it. It doesn't matter how disciplined we try to be. It's not by might. It's not by power. We need his spirit. Look what he says. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Something that's attached to you. Something that won't let you go. Something that won't let you live life free. Something that won't let you move. Something that won't let you progress. One thing that when you gave your heart to Jesus, it, it's, it's, it's that one thing that, that you said, I can leave all of this. But it's that one thing that you haven't been able to shake. It's that one habit that constantly keeps coming back and, and trying to knock you down. What is that one thing for you? What is the baggage for you? What is that stronghold that is just holding you back from moving in the direction that God wants you to move in? What is it in your life? That you're slowed down because of it. What is it in your life uh, that you are slowed down because of it? It's being locked by deception. Or it's living your life by something that is not even true. And what we need, so if we're living off of something that is not true, then what we need is the truth. So if it's a lie... That, that has us deceived, that if it's a lie that has us bound, what we need to be free is the truth. Amen? So piece by piece, I am believing in Jesus' name that we will be free from whatever has held you down. I am believing over your life, over your marriage, over your family, that this will be the start of a new season in Jesus' name. That, that we will loose, get loose from the baggage and the stronghold. The stronghold can be broken. William, can you come here? Yes, William. This is my friend William. William is a cross-country runner and he's a track runner. I couldn't beat him if he was on crutches. But, but the truth is this, that if I get on William's back, 
all 200 and pounds of me. Of me. He will be slowed down and he cannot run. I, I, I'm not going to do it right now because he still has a, a career to finish. He still has some track meets to go and I'm not going to risk injury. But the truth of the matter is that some of us in this life are carrying around 200 plus pounds of baggage. And God wants us to right now to bring it to him and say, you know what? You have been trying to work it out on your, on your own. And the issues have been unresolved. But I'm telling you today that we can bring it to him, that he loves us enough that I can bring him my hurt and my disappointment. And I can live life and I can run it. Though I can run this race with patience. Thank you, William. I can run the race with patience that is set before me. But some of us are tired, and some of us are frustrated, and some of us are weary because we're carrying around things that we don't need to be carrying. Second Corinthians 10 and 5 says this, that we demolish arguments and every pretension. So not just an argument that comes, not, not just what the enemy is trying to whisper in your ear, but the pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Can I tell you that negative thoughts are going to come? I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter what kind of life you live, bad thoughts are going to come your way. But what do I do when those thoughts come into my life? I have to take that thought and I have to make it obedient to Christ. I have to say, nope, I'm not going to think about that. No, I, the Bible says whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is pure, I think on these things. I have, to, I have to train my mind. I have to go to the word. I have to go to the word because there is a word to help me overcome the situation that I'm in. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but what? Be transformed. How, do, how can I change? How can I be different? How can I get out of the rut that I have been living in? How can I get out of this constant cycle that's just vicious and, and that's just, it's poison in my, in my life? How can I get out of this? How can I change? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, you were taught with regard to your former way of life uh, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deep, deceitful desires uh, to be made new in the what? In the attitude of your minds. I have to change my stinking thinking and I have to train myself. Uh, what does his word say? What does his word say? John 8, 32 says this, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Got 13 minutes, and I'm going to share three truths. What are my next, because you're asking, you're asking me today, what are my next steps? Like, how, what is something tangible, what's something real that I can do? You have to understand these three truths. The first is that God still loves me. Can you say that to yourself this morning? Can you say it under your breath? Just, God still loves me. No matter what, 
No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've been through, God still loves you. Does he approve everything we do? Absolutely not. But God still loves us, and he still gives us an opportunity to come back to him. But the truth is that so many people have disqualified themselves. People think that we have to be perfect, and you're convinced that that he... Is impossible to please. I want to tell somebody today that God is not mad at you. No, he's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He's madly in love with you. He doesn't approve of everything that we do, but he wants to love you to wholeness this morning. Look what John, the, the, probably the most popular scripture, John 3, 16 and 17, but in the message Uh, version says it this way, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and that is why, so that no one needs to be destroyed. What is destroying you this morning that you haven't shared with anybody? What is destroying you so that no one needs to be destroyed, but by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. You can have a whole and lasting life. And sometimes, can, can we just be transparent and raw? Sometimes it feels like I have anything but a whole life. Sometimes I feel like I'm just picking up the pieces. Sometimes I just feel like we, we've been, some of us feel like we've been put through too many things that you question if you can keep on going. Can I tell you that you can have a whole and lasting life? God didn't go to all of the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. Amen. He came to help. And I don't know about you, but I need some help this morning. He came to help to put the world right again. Number one, God, he still loves you. Second thing is this. We have to believe that God can free me. I have to believe it for myself, and I can't believe it for you. I can share this with you, but you have to believe this for yourself. God can free me. God can free me. Let that soak in for just a little bit. God can free me. Some of us have bought into the lie that this is just the way it's going to be. And some of us have bought into the lie that this is the straw that I have drawn in life and things are just going to be like this forever. Some of us have believed the lie of the enemy and instead of working on being free, we've learned to compensate. We've learned, so we'll walk with the limp. We'll walk. We'll be held back by certain things. We've just learned to compensate and, and say, I guess this is, this is the way things have to be. Can I tell you that's a lie from the enemy? I want to tell you, I want to challenge you this morning, don't give up on being free. Don't give up on being free. Don't lose hope. God can actually free you. Romans 8, 1 and 2 out of the message, those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black 
cloud. Is that you this morning? That you just feel like the, a, a black cloud is over you. And you question yourself, will the sun shine again? It's just constant darkness that you feel in your life. And new power is in operation. Watch. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. The spirit of life, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air. I don't know about that, but I'm ready for that in my life today. I don't know. I'm tired of a black cloud just constantly being over my life, over my family, over everything that I'm involved. I need the spirit of the living God to come and magnificently clear the air. And I am believing that for you this morning. I am believing that your best days are ahead of you, that you have not seen. That eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. I'm going to draw to a close. The last thing is this, that God will restore me. God still loves you. God can free you. But you have to believe that God will restore me. He wants to restore Like a collector will take a portrait that has been tainted, has been put through life and years. They say, they say it's not the years, it's the mileage. And some of us that have just been put through some difficult situations, can I tell you that he is in the restoration business? And if you believe it today, I'm telling you, and if you grab a hold of him and his word, things in your life can change. God will restore me. He sees you in your delicate state. He knows the fears. And he sees the tears. And he hasn't finished with you yet. God is not finished with me yet. Psalm 71 and 20 says this, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. You will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Has life knocked you down? Have you been battered and have you been beaten? From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. And for some of us in this place today, this scripture is, your, is a description, is an accurate portrait of your life that you have seen many troubles, many and bitter. But you're believing today that you will, you will restore my life again. He can take what the enemy meant for evil and make it good. And make it good. 
and make it good. And make it good. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today for your word that is alive. I thank you, God, that you are in this place. And that your spirit is magnificently clear in the air for someone today. For someone that has had a low-lying black cloud over them. Living in constant darkness. I thank you that you are clearing the air today. I thank you, God, because of the hope that we have in you. That I can rise above my failures and my mistakes. That I can rise above my poor choices. And my decisions. And I can live free today. God, for everyone in this place that has the weight of the world on their shoulders, that has baggage that has impeded, debilitated, slowed down, I thank you that we can leave it at your feet. I thank you that you still love us. I thank you that you can free us. And I thank you that you will restore us. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and would pray and would turn from their wicked ways, your word says that I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I thank you that there is forgiveness in this house and I thank you that there is healing in this house. I declare it to be done in Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and you're in this place today. You've come to church, but you've never really surrendered. And you're carrying around shame. You're carrying around your guilt. The pain is, seems overwhelming. Jesus says, Come to me if you're heavy burden and you're, if you're laden. I will give you rest. You need rest on the inside. You can bring it to Jesus. So if you're in this place today and you say, I want to make the decision to give my life to him. I open up my heart. I'm going to invite you with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to invite you just that you would just raise your hand right there. You don't have to come to the altar. You don't have to shout your name, but that you would just raise your hand right there. I see you. I see you right now, right now. Would everyone, the sound of my voice, please pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for taking my place. I open up my heart. I give you my shame. I give you my guilt. Come in. And let me live the life you died to give me. I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Could we give God praise for the people that accepted him today?